everyone. Thanks for joining us on Fuel Radio. My guest today is Udo Erasmus. Udo is the co-founder of Udo's Choice line, which can be found in Whole Foods and other health food stores worldwide. He designed the machinery for making oils with health in mind and pioneered flax oil, a billion-dollar industry. He's the author of the best-selling book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, which has sold over 250,000 copies. I really enjoyed my conversation with Udo. Uh, we get into all kinds of things, including psychology, spirituality, and such. We also talk about health. Please help me welcome Udo Erasmus. everyone. Thank you for joining us on Fuel Radio. As you would have heard in my introduction, our my guest today is Udo Erasmus. We just figured out that we're neighbors. We're both from the Vancouver, British Columbia area. So yep. yeah. Didn't know that before we before we got on. No, in fact, um, we could, I could run over and we could just talk on, on it sitting on the couch. <laughs> Uncle Hyde, yeah. That'd be great. I see these other podcasters that are doing that. I think I would really like to do that someday. Yeah. I, I, I like I like the vibe of that. And then it's it is different yeah. being in front of someone. So anyways, yep. yeah. But this is good uh, too. Yeah, for sure. You have quite the backstory. And we were talking about this too before we got on to whether how far we should go back. But I think with what's going on in the world, it might be kind of interesting to hear about your young upbringing and that you were a child of the second world war and yeah. what what country were you in and and what well, was what yeah was my parents like? my parents came from latvia and for those who know history stalin and hitler made a pact a non-aggression pact and said then we're not going to fight each other and for signing the pact latvia went to the soviet union and po a part of Poland went to Germany, but there was nobody from Latvia or Poland there. They just took it because they were big. Okay. And my father lived in Latvia. He had a farm. He loved the Russians and he hated communism because communism was state dictatorship. They took everything away from everybody. They called it communism, like every, you know, what's, you know, from each according to his ability to each according to his need, which sounds really good, but they actually ran a very nasty dictatorship. They call it socialism, but socialism is supposed yeah. to be sharing. Well, you know, they, they took everything. So the sharing was all one way to the government. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. down to the bottom, right? Yeah. So he left, he left Latvia. He got given a farm in Poland and the Polish farmer whose farm he was given ended up being his farmhand. So they had a bit of tension. And finally, they he just said, listen, we, I don't like this any better than you do. Let, let's run the farm properly. And eventually, you'll you probably get it back. So they became friends, and I was born on this stolen farm. And then the war ended, and my, by this time, my father was a prisoner of war somewhere. Oh, really? And my mother had six children, six years old and younger, on a horse-drawn hay wagon. On a dirt road with no military presence. And we were trying to get out with the communists chasing us in tanks and trucks. And the allies, you know, the good guys, they were using us as target practice, shooting at us from planes. Oh, my goodness. I was two and a half years old. I don't yeah. remember much except anxiety and fear and 
not, right. you know, not knowing what I can trust and being hungry and, you know, like just like not feeling safe. And my mother mm. decided to go through the fields because it was safer on the fields. It was winter. It was safer to go through the fields and to stay on the road because the allies were shooting at the roads. So she, but, but you can't take six kids under six by foot over the fields. So she left four of us behind with a farmer Goodness. who then took us back to Berlin to an, a relative, but the relative had already left. So we ended up in an orphanage and then eventually her sister came and got us. So she had to go behind enemy line to get us, but she was fluent in German and, and the Latvian and Russian. So she was able to go, she was part of the German secret service actually as her job. And so we eventually got reunited. I just had a childhood where I, I remember not feeling safe. I was always very, very tight, very tightly oh, wound. Man. And I loved books because books were safe. You know, I, I, I already knew what it's like when the bullets are flying. And then in the, in the book, you can read about bullets flying, but they're not flying, right? The books were safe. So I spent a lot of time in books and yeah. reading all kinds of stuff. So that's sort of, yeah. so my thought about it now, you know, at that time it was terrible. I think now it was a gift because it rubbed my nose very early in what happens to countries when they don't deliberately cultivate peace during the time that they have the luxury to do that. See, we have this crazy idea that we need to do all this preparation for war and that peace is just going to somehow drift down on us without any effort on our part. That's like mm -hmm. stupid. Yeah, and if, they, if, if between the First and Second World War, the Europeans had cultivated the peace that is actually part of every human being's nature. There wouldn't mm -hmm. have been a second world war. And right yeah. now, you know, now 70 years after the second world war, if the people in those countries had cultivated peace in those 70 years, there would be no war there now. Right. right. The thing is when you drift, you always drift downhill and downhill always mm -hmm. ends, ends you up in the gutter and war is the greatest gutter that humanity had ever engaged in. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear. You might not agree with me, but, but at well, least I, I like, I like what you're saying. What I, what I do like what you're saying. And it kind of reminds me of the Bible verse, you know, blessed are the peacemakers is yeah. that's, that implies some action, right? That right. And, part, that, right. And actually, you know, you know, talking about it biblically, you know, yeah. what, it, what was the, what was the admonition? Kingdom of heaven is within you. Seek first the kingdom, right. everything else will be added unto you, and what you have done to one of the least of these that you have done to me. What does that mean? Christ right. is in every human being. Right. Because Christ is light. The light energy is called Christ when we refer to it subjectively. And, they, and the masters all taught that. And they always right. said, right. put that first, because where do you find the peace that passes all understanding? And the love that casts out all fear, where is that? Well, in, in the space your body occupies. That's for you. Us, right? And yeah. for me, in the space my body occupies. And for everybody else in the space their body occupies. And how many people actually do what they, you know, we call ourselves Christians. We mostly live by, by Moses. And we don't practice what we preach or what's preached to us. 
generally speaking. And that's why we have yeah. so many problems because we could, it is in the realm of human nature and human possibility that 8 billion people could live together in harmony, helping each other have better quality of life. When, when you say you've got your key focus is helping 8 billion people. So basically, yeah, you're wanting to help the whole planet. Is that what you're, you're getting at? You're trying to well, you know what? help everybody in the world. Well, you know, <laughs> I could say I, I only want to help six people. But do you know, thinking big is no more difficult than thinking small. So why sure. don't we think big and do yeah. what we can? You know, maybe I'll fail, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I won't get to 8 billion people. Maybe right. I'll only get to... 50 or 500 or 500,000, but at least, you know, and it, every human being deserves to live in the beauty of their own existence mm. as a gift from God. If you want to, you know, just, just keep it to the sure. religious theme. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were all, all created by the same God and they're unconditionally loved by the same God. Why couldn't they kind of like get in touch with that within them and treat each other that way too? Not that. But like you say, it, it takes some cultivation, doesn't it? It doesn't just it, happen. Yeah. It's actually quite simple, but you have to take yeah. time to sit still, to bring your focus back inside, out of your mind and out of the outside world into the space that your body occupies and the energy in that space. Cause that's where God lives in everything. Right. You don't even have to invite them in. You have to <laughs> invite your, your focus back in. Because our focus right. went out after we were born. Because we were in there when we were yeah. in our mother's womb. There was no place to go, nothing to do. It was peaceful. It was safe. Everything was taken care of. So you were just hanging out. I call it the Buddha tank. You just have floating in the Buddha tank. And sometimes you see a little smile on a fetus's face, right? It doesn't know, has, it doesn't have got any words. It doesn't know who its mother is. There's nothing going on. It's super boring, but the kid's not bored. It's just hanging out in bliss. And then we come out and then our senses take us out into the world and we get lost. And then heartache begins because our disconnection from ourselves is what heartache is about. It's not about what triggers it. It's actually about our disconnection from ourselves that is a normal, natural process for every human being that begins when we're born into the world. And then finding our way back, we have to sit with the heartache instead of trying to distract ourselves from it. Sit and sit through it and go just behind it because just behind the heartache is where God lives. Yeah, I think that's been one of my biggest life lessons the last three to five years is, you know, not pushing away the pain, but being willing to, to be with it and sit with it. And, and I, I, I'm doing that because I keep hearing people like you say, this is what's necessary is to, is to right. be with the pain. Don't try to numb it. Don't try to push it away, but actually right. being, being with it in some sort of a way is the yeah, way. Yeah. Because actually... it can be uncomfortable. Right. And so what right. people do, either they distract themselves or they yeah. deny it or they ignore it, or they try to explain it away by some cockabunga theory or they blame <laughs> Or they blame it on somebody. But the truth is the heartache is always because of our natural disconnection from ourselves and it's calling us to come home. That's what the call is. It's like hunger for food. Heartache is for wholeness. 
or it's for God connection or for life connection, however you say that, right? It's calling us home. It's saying, hey, bring your focus over here, over here, over here. And so then you sit with it and it's not going to hurt, kill you. And it might be uncomfortable and you might have a couple of tears, right? Yeah. But that far behind it, like not even a hair's breadth behind it is the exquisite, awesome magnificence of your own existence built in by life. And, and we don't you find that when you get in touch with that, it is like a homecoming, like you said. Absolutely. And when people do that, that feeling, oh, it's, it's a homecoming. Yeah. Of course. It's not easy to get there, but yeah, once you do experience it. Yeah. yeah it's home to ourselves. Yeah. So it's a homecoming in that sense. And the work we need to do if we want to raise the quality of life on the planet is mostly homework. That's the work we do at home. Right. Or in our home. Yeah. Or to get back yeah. to, into our home. Right. So, yeah. And if there wasn't that heartache that was calling you back, we would get lost and we'd never find our way home. Right. Right. And when we, and, and when we connect in behind it, we've actually gone back to the space we were in to where our focus was before we were born. And we were in complete peace and in unconditional love, because that's what drives our existence. Right. Good. It sounds like we're in agreement. We're on the same page. <laughs> you know, it reminds me, one of my favorite stories, I, I don't want to think, I don't want people to think this is a religious podcast, but mm-hmm. it is one of the, my favorite stories. It's just the story of the prodigal son. Like when you yeah, say that, yeah. we get to that point where we're miserable. Yeah. And I know it's just a story, but it's, so telling the prodigal son got to that point where he was miserable and thinking, you know, I got it way better at home. I'm yep. going to, I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to, and I'm going to go home, you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah. And that's even what you're talking about, isn't it? And even the story of the, the story about the return to Eden, you know, where the angel mm-hmm. with the flaming yeah. sword, well, heartache is the angel with the flaming sword. And the, okay. and so they, people don't go near it. So they can't get back into Eden. What you have to do is you have to walk into the angel with the, with the flaming sword. He's not going to kill you. Okay. You know, I heard that in, in, That's in, cool. <laughs> in, God's, in God's territory, you, know, you don't get killed, right? You get loved, right? So you go to the, you go, you know, and you don't let that prevent you from taking the steps back into, into Eden. It's the same story. And then the hero's journey is the same story too. You know, here sure. goes out on adventure and eventually, you know, fights demons and comes home with a treasure, with a gift. It's the same story too. Call to adventure, that, that's, you know, gain the world, lose your soul. And then at some point, deal with all of those, the demons that you create. And then eventually you find the gift. The gift is always love, contentment, peace. Yeah. Come home, bring that gift to your community because they there is no better gift to come home, to bring home to a community than the gift of love and peace. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, totally shifting gears. We, were, we had no yeah. intention of talking about that, but <laughs> I'm glad we did. What happens, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it's all good stuff. You look, it's, we could talk about anything. Sure. sure. All good. Yeah. Okay. So well, what's the shift? That was the backstory. Another thing. Yeah, that was the backstory. <laughs> and another, <laughs> another significant milestone in your life is when you got 
pesticide poisoning in yeah. 1980. And I, you know, I hear this story a lot is that, you know, doctors were providing people with the answers that they were, they were given. And you're obviously a very intelligent person. So you thought you're going to go out and, and research and then try and find some answers yourself. And that, that led you into finding some answers to mm-hmm. big, some big questions and, and, and maybe even healing, you know, finding ways to heal yourself. Maybe you could just yeah. share that story with us. Yeah. Time. Well, it's not the intelligence. It's I, I, I mean, okay. I, I function, I'm, I'm pretty good, but I had <laughs> background in biochemistry and genetics. Okay. Okay. And so I understood how molecules work and I had gotten into science and biosciences and psychology. From my early story, when I was six years old, people, I listened to people argue about really stupid things and it really bothered me. And I, and this thought came to me, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony and I'm going to figure out how. That was my six year old insight. And that was my drive. That's been my driver all my life. So I went into science and then bioscience and psychology to understand how human beings work. And then I went into medicine for a year, but they only talked about disease and I wanted to know what health is. So I went back into biochemistry and genetics because in biological sciences, you learn what health is. They don't call it that, but you're, you're, you're studying the normal functioning of normal creatures in normal situations. Whereas in medicine, you study sick people in abnormal situations with all kinds, you know, and then using abnormal methods to treat it. So I got into that and I had that background. And when the doctor told me, we don't have anything for pesticide poisoning. I said, okay, I'm on my own. I'm going to use my background. I got into the research journal to, to look at health and nutrition, disease and nutrition on the, on the notion that the, the body is made out of food. And if something goes wrong with the body, then you should raise your standard of food intake because 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced every year. That means if you raise your standard for food intake, then within one year, you will have rebuilt 98% of your body to a higher standard, right? That's what I was thinking. And that's why I went that direction. Now, I didn't think about water and air, but your body is also made out of water and air. So you have to include that in the, in the, in the conversation as well. And, and how did you discover flaxseed oil? It's, it's interesting that we're talking today because flaxseed has come up twice this week. One, my wife was, no, I came across an article about, about flaxseed and menopause, which is the state. I don't think my yeah. wife would mind me saying no, no, that no, that's where she's it. at I, right I, now. I'll, I'll, I'll finish your sentence. There are phytoestrogen okay, flax that lower high estrogen before menopause and they raise low energy after menopause. Okay. They're, they're helpful before and after menopause, but they, because when after menopause, your body isn't making estrogen. So the flax provides phytoestrogen. So you get some estrogen function from eating the flax that, and that's the whole seed you have to eat. You have to grind it up okay. to get that. Okay. Okay. And you were really almost like a pioneer in this. You wrote a book called Fads That Heal, Fads That Kill, and it sold over 250,000 copies. Congratulations. That's yeah. a lot of, that's yeah, a lot yeah. of books. That's a significant number of books. And it was a pretty technical, it's somewhat technical book too. So Is it? Okay. okay. Yeah. And, but how did what, you get the, take us back again to the beginning? Like what, yeah, so, what first caught your... So I was yeah. looking at everything. The body's made out of food and there's like essential nutrients. 
18 minerals, 13 vitamins, nine essential amino acids from protein, and two essential fatty acids that come from oils. Those are essential nutrients. You have to have them to live and be healthy, but your body can't make them from anything else. So you have to bring them in from outside. So I was looking at all of that and, I, and saying, okay, how do I put a program together that has this higher standard that I need to aspire to so that my body will rebuild itself healthy? And I got stuck on oils because they were so complicated. So for instance, I, got, I read a study that said omega-6 is an essential fatty acid. And the next study, and, and that means you got to have it, you can't live without it. If, if you don't get enough, long enough, you die. And if you're deficient, but you bring enough back before you die, then all of the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. That's what essential means. So this study says e omega-6 is an essential fatty acid. Fat, fatty acid. And it is. And the next study I read, omega-6 gives you cancer and kills you. And I'm going, what? What? Yeah. You know, it's, you have to have it to live and be healthy. And then it gives you cancer and kills you. That's so completely contradictory. There must be something else going on. And that got me looking into how oils are made. And when I found out how oils are made, I was shocked. They're mm. treated with sodium hydroxide, which is a very corrosive base. Then they're treated with a very corrosive, corrosive acid called phosphoric acid. Then they're bleached with bleaching clay. And all of this is done to get an oil that by nature is very sensitive and has a short shelf life. To give it a long shelf life is what the industry wanted. Now the oil's gone rancid after the bleaching. And now they have to heat it to frying temperature to boil off, to blow off the rancid molecule. And then you end up with a colorless, odorless, tasteless oil. They're all in plastic bottles these days, most of them. And they're everywhere in the world. And I was like, they, pro they probably take all of the healthy molecules or nutrients out of it too in that process. Well, well no. Not quite. No, not There's necessarily. About okay. a half, about a half to one percent of the molecules are damaged. Okay. And when I found that out, I called the American Oil Chemist Society and said, "I want to talk to a researcher." He put him on the line. I said, "Well, when you know this processing that you do to oils does damage, why do you do it?" And he said, "Well, one of the reasons we do it is because we can get rid of half of the pesticides in the oil." by deodorizing it. And I'm going in my head, I'm going, oh, there are pesticides and oils? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I never thought about it. It never occurred to me. And I'm saying, oh, and the other half stays in? You know, the other half of the pesticide stays in the oil? You know, and I'd just been poisoned by pesticides? So this was not good news for me. And so I said to him, well, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? Then you don't have pesticides in them and you don't have to blow them off. And that completely stopped him. He's like, he was like this quiet on, it looked like it sounded like an eternity how long it was quiet on the other end of the phone. <laughs> I waited. Yeah. I, I can talk, but I can listen too, right? I waited. Yeah. And then when he came back, he was mad. He says, I don't know what your problem is. You're only 1% damaged. And if you got it 99% on an exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? Oh, wow. But I used to get 100 percent in genetics. So, <laughs> so you wouldn't be happy. <laughs> so I wasn't as impressed as he was with the 99. But 
Then I thought, but I thought, well, maybe I'm overreacting. So let me, you know, we have a saying, when in doubt, do the math. So I said, okay, if you have a tablespoon of an oil and it's 1% damaged by the processing, how many actual molecules will you have in that tablespoon that are damaged? Give me a guess. I have no idea. I know, I know you don't, but just give me a guess. 50%. No, no, it's, it's only 1% damaged. I need a number. 1% damaged. Oh, yeah, it's 1% damaged. It's 14 grams. So how many molecules? I, I really don't know. You got to help me out. I'm not okay. great at math. I, I do that for a purpose because when I do it in okay. live talks, the highest estimate of how much damage has been done to the oil is always at least a billion times lower than the actual damage. So if an oil is 1% damaged and you get a tablespoon full of it, which is 14 grams of 15 milliliters, you have in that tablespoon of oil, 1% damaged, 60 quintillion damaged molecules. <laughs> oh my goodness. 60 quintillion. What is that? It's a, not, it's a six followed by 19 zeros. It's more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. Mm. And then that changes the chemistry in your, in your cells. And you don't eat just one tablespoon. You eat two to four a day. And you don't only mm. eat it the way it comes out of the bottle. You stick it in your frying pan and fry food with it. So you got to multiply that in for another three to six times. And then you don't just, just do it one day, you do it for 30 years. So you got to multiply that number by 10,000. That's how yeah. many days there are in 30 years, right? Yeah. More or less. Yeah. And the number is astronomical. And then after 30 years of doing that, you, maybe you get cancer or maybe you get inflammation. And you say, I don't know why I'm sick. I always ate good because nobody yeah. ever told you how much damage you were getting. And the reason I asked the question is I... If you were at the airport and you're going to go home, you're going to fly to, you know, from Port Coquitlam to Vancouver to come and see me, right? And you're about to get on the plane and somebody who always tells the truth tells you, do you know that your chance of crashing and dying in this flight is a billion times higher than you thought it was? Would you get an airplane? No, you'd probably walk from Coquitlam to, to Vancouver, right? Or yeah. take a bike. So. So what we're doing is we're underestimating the damage we're doing to ourselves by a billion times. And maybe we need to rethink, if the, knowing that, maybe we need to rethink what kind of oils we use. And so when I found all of that out, and then, then the second thing happened, omega-3, which also comes from I was going to ask you about omega-3. Yeah, yeah, which also comes from oils, was established as an essential nutrient the year after it got poisoned, 1981, 1982. Okay. Now, another nutrient you have to have but can't make, so have to bring in from outside. And 99% of the population doesn't get enough of it for optimum health. And every cell needs it. And out of it, the body makes a whole bunch of hormone-like regulating substances and very powerful anti-inflammatories, which are good for reversing all kinds of things. And when I found that out, I went ballistic. Holy smokes. If we could make oils with health in mind, because I can't get healthy oils. on these damaged oils. That was clear to me, right? right? If we could make oils with health in mind and we could bring back the missing omega-3s, we could help almost everybody. You know, talk about 8 billion people, right? Here we are again. 
Oh my God, we could help almost everybody because omega-3 being too low is the most widespread essential nutrient deficiency of our time. Almost everybody, 99%. Oh my God, I, 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 I went off like a firecracker. And that, that enthusiasm, you know, is like, oh my God, I have found a purpose for my life. Oh my God, we could help so many people. Oh, it feels so good to be able to do something that helps people make their life better. You know, there's something built into us that feels really good when we do that. And so it was like, and that's what drove the whole project. We like, we reworked mm -hmm. day and night. We traveled at one point with it in a van without air conditioning in the hottest months of the year through the U.S. 35 states, 17,000 miles by road, talking, talking about basically flax oil because that's the richest source of omega-3s that's easily available. But it's poorly oh, balanced. It? Oh, that's easily available. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking fish, uh, a lot of people talk about fish oil or getting No, but fish oil is not right. essential. It's essential fatty acid derivatives. And if you get enough omega-3 from the plant source, your body will make all that stuff. And it won't be damaged. Okay. Fish oils are very, very damaged. Very. Yeah, it's hard to get it. It's hard to get a good source of it. Yeah, it? And, and they stink. You know, you, you get the burps from them. And, <laughs> and if, you, if you have a liquid bottle of fish oil, you open it in your fridge, and within days, yeah. you can smell the rancidity. So I, I never right. recommended fish oils. I said, let's get the basic material optimized mm -hmm. and then let the body make what it needs, where it needs it, and how much it needs. And so that, that's all that's. That's so why flax. Yeah, and we're not competing with, with fish oil because fish oil is a supplement. What I'm talking about is the food, is a food foundation oil. So we're talking about two to four tablespoons, not one to two, one to three capsules. And a tablespoon has 14 capsules in it. We're talking about 28 to 56 capsules if you're going to do capsules. But we use it, we, we, we mix it in food, spread it out over the course of the day. Don't fry it. Never fry it because the better the oil is for you, the more toxic it becomes when you fry it. Because these are very sensitive oils. They need to be treated and used and made and stored with and shipped with care. So we did put all of that together out of the enthusiasm that if we make oils with health in mind, oh my God, we could help so many people. No, I had no business background and we created a business that's now more than a billion dollars a year at, at, re, at wholesale price. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a, a yeah, it was never about the money. It was just the enthusiasm of being able to help. Right, right. I should know this, but so I know that you're in Whole Foods. So is it is it different types of oils that you sell in Whole Foods or, or in different places? What is yeah. it that you are, that your no, company what, is, is? No, what I did is I became omega-6 deficient on flax oil because like I said, it unbalanced, has a lot of omega-3, that's good, but doesn't okay. have enough omega-6. And so the ratio between them is important and the ratio isn't good in flax oil. So I developed a blend that, is, that, that balances the omega-3s in flax with omega-6s from sunflower and sesame seeds. And that now okay. it addresses all of the problems. One is not enough omega-3 and the other one is that the omega-6s are partially damaged. So you switch it out and I made a blend that's called Udo's oil. And it's in a brown glass bottle, in a box, in the fridge, in the supplement section, in the health food store. Yes, it's at, at Whole Foods, but pretty much any health food store that has a refrigerator because we won't do business with people who don't have refrigerators because the okay. oil needs care 
And when you give it the care, it retains its health benefits. And when you use it, you get good results. So that's yeah. the, let's, let's talk about yourself first. Like what sort of personal results did you see? And then I'd love to hear some stories if you have them to, I'm sure you'd hear. Okay. Well, I guess there are tons of stories. I've been doing yeah, this I'm for sure 40 you years. Have a ton of stories. 40 years, you hear at least a couple of stories. Okay. Yeah, so I, yeah. had, I had arthritis in my knees when I was 38. That was the year okay. I got poisoned by pesticides. And it wasn't like, and how, sorry, how did you get poisoned? Just, just, just to stop you for a second. Oh, was that because you, I had a job spraying pesticides. Or, I had a job. Oh, there you go. Pesticides. <laughs> and I yeah. was very upset because my marriage broke up and I got to, po- you know, I, I was, ca- I was very careless in my use of them. And after three okay. years, I got poisoned by the pesticides I sprayed. So okay, kind of, there you go. They call that what you sow, you reap, or, or in the yes. East, they call it karma. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so that was a self-made lesson. I, I apparently I needed the lesson, so I created it, right? Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't blame this one on anybody. <laughs> nope. That was me doing it to myself, right? They're taking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to give it to somebody else, but I can't find anybody <laughs> to give it to. So it's my, my responsibility. So, so where were we going with this? Just your own story, like with, oh, yeah. with so, how, your own healing journey and then, yeah. and then maybe some others as well. Yeah. So yeah. I got, I had arthritis in my knees when I was 38 and it wasn't like really bad yet, but any time that I just bent my knees a little bit and put a little pressure on the joint, it, they hurt. That was when I was 38. The biggest changes I made as I threw out my frying pan, I don't eat fried foods. I went more in the direction of plant-based. I use my oil every day. I'm 80 years old. I have no pain in any of my joints. And no, no pain anywhere in my body, except sometimes when I bang into some, something, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. So, yeah. but I have zero, I have zero aches and pains, but I don't just do oil. I also use the, the best spices like turmeric and ginger and black seed and, and, and ashwagandha, curry, you know, all the world's best spices. I use them in my oil in tahini, tahini being Right. Sesame, yeah. you know, ground up sesame. It's like peanut butter, only this is sesame butter. And I dumped the sesame oil because it only has omega-6s, put in my oil because it's a better oil. And then I dip vegetables in it and eat, eat it like it's amazing. Sure. And I have a ton of energy. You might've noticed that I, I'm not sure about energy. <laughs> oh, right? People who are listening, they, 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 they probably won't see the video, but you know, just Looking at you, you look very vital, and I would never have guessed that you're 80 years old. Yeah, you know, last so. time I asked somebody who, who figured they knew my age, he said 62. So I, so I literally, I literally look 20 years younger. And so that's great. I, I, act, I just want to interject. Even, act, act even Im, more immature. <laughs> I just want to interject here that again, I could totally relate to you. Like a few years ago, I, I realized my cholesterol was high. And I went and got a, a blood test and my doctor wanted to put me on some medicine. And I just thought, you know what? I've been reading so much about a plant-based diet, being able to reverse heart disease and all that kind of yep. stuff. I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a try. And then I went raw vegan for, and after 30 days, I went back, got another blood test and my cholesterol was, was normal, you know? So, yep. Um, yep. And, and, and what, what, what sparked that thought though, was just learning how to cook differently. And, and it's, it's a great way to cook when you, when you, all of a sudden there's all these recipes 
with the spices that you're talking about. Like, yeah. I, I haven't suffered at all in terms of good, good deprivation and what I'm eating. No, and all of the flavors come from plants. You know, people sometimes yeah, say, oh, exactly. I love yeah. But meat is quite bland. So they use rosemary and they use onions and they use pepper and they use cayenne and they use, you know, so, so yeah. many spices. You want the meat to taste like something, you put plant stuff on it. Uh-huh. Spices, yeah. herbs, and vegetables. Right? Right. So, and I'm all just, the taste, sweet and bitter and sour and, and, and pungent, they all come from plants, not from, from animal food. I'm just guessing, and just to get back to the question that I asked earlier, I'm guessing that a lot of ways that a lot of people experience the health deficiencies that you're talking about are, is through joint pain like and, and that sort of thing. That's probably a major indicator that something's wrong in your diet. And I would imagine, I'm just guessing, and you can fill us, fill us in on this, yeah. that, you know, starting to take the balanced oils like you're talking about would, would help with joint pain and, and, and that sort of thing. Well, that would you uh, up in your experience. Uh, yes, it's not the only thing that does, but if you look at all the research done on omega-3s, yeah. you could summarize it in one sentence. If you increase omega-3s in your diet, remember 99% don't get enough, right? If you increase omega-3s in your diet, provided they're not damaged, and don't have toxins in them, you can improve, not cure, but improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. And why is that? Because every cell needs them. They have super important regular, regulatory and hormonal and anti-inflammatory function. In fact, the body makes energy out of the omega-3s, but then it uses some of the omega-3s to turn into antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. So, and the reason why that's important is your life is a fire. You're a fire taking place in water. You want a good fire because that's your juice, that's your energy, yeah, that's your vitality, right? But when you make a big fire, like a strong fire, it throws quite a few sparks. So not only do you need to make a strong fire, but you gotta get good spark control. It's like the screen in front of your fireplace that keeps sparks from burning holes in your carpet. Only in this case, the sparks are called free radicals and they burn holes in your tissues. And omega-3s are the only molecule that not only provides the energy, but also gets turned into spark control. No other, no other nutrient does that. You have antioxidants to do spark control and you have fuel that create fires. Why sugar is a bad idea? for instance, is, is because the cane has the fuel in it and then it has fiber and it has other nutrients in it. When we take out the sugar, <clears throat> now you're getting, making a fire, but you got zero spark control. And then you eat it with other junk and you literally burn and then you get, what you get is free radicals. Free radicals cause inflammation. Inflammation causes pain. And inflammation is behind most of our degenerative conditions. So it's a matter of not getting spark control because you're eating fuels without, without also eating spark control. The omega-3s do it, do it alone. So you're taking one thing that gives you both of these benefits. Excellent. What, one thing that you mentioned a couple of times, and, and 
I, I was going to ask you about, about this. So many recipes call for, you know, you put olive oil. The first thing you do is put olive oil in the pan when you're going to fry up your, your vegetables yeah. or whatever. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about, like, why is that a bad idea? What, what's it doing to the, to the oil? When you well, first of all, traditionally, olive oil was not used for fry. Traditionally, in the Mediterranean, where the olive grows. What they did was they can make the oil without damage because it's floated off on water because it's not, doesn't need screw presses. And so it's made in a different way. So they have extra virgin olive. They cook their food in water, pour off the water, and then they put the food on their plate or in a bowl. And then they put the oil on top of it for two reasons. One is it, it enhances flavors, oils enhance flavor. And the second is that the oil soluble nutrients in the foods are absorbed much more effectively into the body if there's oil in the food. And some of oh, those oil-soluble nutrients have super powerful effects on health. So that's what they did in the old days. Cooking meant with water. Cooking now means in oil. So the dumbest thing that humanity has ever invented to do to its food, I mean worse than white sugar, is frying foods, especially frying foods in oil. So what I say to people, listen, this is the dumbest thing we ever invented in terms of health to do. Get your frying pan. Everybody has one. Bring a hole it out. Turn it upside down. Hit yourself on the side of the head with it so that it's associated with pain and throw that stupid thing out. And then go back to cooking in water and then add good oils made with health in mind that are properly balanced and are not in plastic because plastic leaches into oil. You don't need that in your body. That gets you inflammation as well. So pour those oil on your food after they come off the heat source. And you can put them in cold food, warm food, goes in breakfast, dinner, lunch. It goes in snacks, literally compatible with everything. And use a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day of okay. oil, oil blend made with health in mind and spread your intake of it out over the course of the day. Because if you were to take a whole big glug of oil on an empty stomach, like we did with cod liver oil when we were kids, yeah. if your liver can't handle it so much oil at one time, then you're going to get heavy, tired, or nauseous. So you prevent that by, by mixing it in food and spreading it out over the course of the day. This is excellent. That's such great information. So I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners are too. I'm sure they are. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. fantastic. And one, one thing I've been encouraged to do lately, I came across a couple of recipes that talk about adding avocado oil and doing that, like just like you say, like don't don't heat it up, but just. So I've been adding that to a lot of things as well. I don't know the health benefits of avocado nope. oil, but I see nope. you're I see you're shaking your head. So yeah, I'm glad I, I asked. Tell me why. Me yeah, <laughs> let me tell you what. First of all, okay. if you eat avocados, they have good oil in them because they're in its natural state. And you know, maybe just to back off a little bit, nature's okay. mandate for health is to eat foods, fresh, whole, raw, organic, and for human beings, generally speaking, mostly plant-based. Hmm. Every creature in nature eats fresh, whole, raw, organic, except us. Hey. Yeah. Right? Even so the, there's even your the beef that we eat. <laughs> and we were made, yeah. And we were made out of nature to live within nature. And now what we've done is we've taken a whole bunch of stuff out of nature, 
messed it up by all kinds of processing and processing causes a lot of our health problems because we're taking things out that should stay in and we're putting things in that should stay out and we're changing molecules that should not be changed. And so we do it to ourselves. So that's why they say, you know, we're digging our graves with our forks and our knives. Some people say that, (laughs) right? (laughs) So, yeah. So that being the standard, we need to, we need to do what we're doing in our kitchen. And you can look at wherever you're starting, head in the direction from frying to cooking in water, from cooking in water to raw, if you can, from largely animal-based, head in the direction of more plant-based. And the research is completely clear. Longest life, best health comes from a primarily plant-based whole food diet. But I'm not talking about sugar and margarine. Those are all pla- also plant-based. No, 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 no. Whole plants, the way nature makes it, without processing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. what you're saying is, is if I'm going to have anything with avocado, oh, yeah. eat the avocado. Eat the avocado. <laughs> now, yeah. what they make the avocado oil out of, I don't know for sure, but it's probably rotting avocado because we, we can okay. get we can get stuff out of rotting salmon. That's what we make fish oil out of, the skins and the heads and the brains and the guts, right? But the, the, there is no standard of quality for avocado oil or grapeseed oil. There are standards for some of the oils, but these are two are fairly new and the standards have not been set. And just recently I read an, an article just from this year that was talking about we should be setting standards, just like we set standards for extra virgin olive oil. We should be setting standards for avocado oil. We should be stand, setting standards for grapeseed oil. And, and th- we, because we haven't done that, you don't really know what you're getting. See, most people don't know that. They just assume, oh, they're probably just like all the other oils. Well, they're not. So you don't really know. And, they all, no, and, and then if they have the same standard as the other oils, they'd be treated with Sodium hydroxide, phosphoric acid, beat and heat it to frying temperature. Is that a good thing to use? No, because it's 1% damage and you're getting 50 quintillion molecules in a, in a molecule in a tablespoon, right? Right. No, uh, you know, you know, and, 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 and when in doubt, go whole food, when in doubt, yes. go organic, when in doubt, go the way nature made the food the way every other creature, except for human beings, eats the food. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic way to wrap up. Do, do you have more time? I mean, I, I was thinking yeah, we yeah. could maybe make it, we could make an esoteric sandwich out of this. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And uh, you've been talking about thirst of the heart. I'm assuming that's maybe a little bit more esoteric, but oh. I mean, I mean and, and this is, Purely selfish for me even asking this, but I've been thinking a lot more about what it means to live out of one's heart. So yes. but I'd love to hear what you, you have to say about it. Maybe we can finish what, up with that. Yeah, we, we actually started with that. Heartache. We started with that. Yeah. Heartache. The heartache. thirst of that. What yeah. is the thirst of the heart? You know, we know that mm-hmm. thirst lets you know you need to get some water. But we had to learn that because we didn't know that. We had the thirst. The body's calling for water. We might have not known in our head that it needed water. So we learned that. Hunger for food, right? Need to breathe to get oxygen. Yeah. 
But when it comes to feeling fulfilled or feeling whole or feeling content or feeling loved, the thirst for the feeling of wholeness is sometimes called the thirst of the heart. I have never yet met anybody who didn't know that feeling. It's an uncomfortable feeling in your chest. There are tons of triggers for it. Like if somebody dumps you in a relationship or if somebody you're, you're close to dies or you make a, somebody makes a promise to you and they, they don't keep the promise. So, you're, so, so then we call it blues and loneliness and longing and striving and grief and sadness and sorrow and emptiness and restlessness. And, and it's always the same feeling uncomfortable feeling in our chest. That's not the trigger is not the cause of that feeling. It's just when something on the outside end, because everything on the outside ends, you fall back to your disconnection from yourself. And that thirst of the heart that you feel that we call so many, I got 10 pages of names for that feeling, the different, different ways. It's really interesting. Does that, is desire one of the names? Like is desire that? Well, of course, that of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Desire, longing, our wants, need, yeah. need, want, hope, wish. You know, so I mean, that is your heart calling your focus to come back home inside to its source in life, where you feel loved and where you feel peace and where you are inspired, and where your purpose lives. So that's the one that you say when, whenever you feel it, sit with it. Just yeah. sit with it. Be gentle. Sit with it. Feel it. Accept it. Acknowledge it. Don't judge it, because we're not here to judge, but to love, so don't judge it. Embrace it. Maybe even see if you can be grateful for the fact that this will not leave you alone until you eventually come home to your heart. Beautiful. Right? Thanks. And that's, yeah. And so that's the greatest gift. I call it the greatest gift you've been given other than being alive. And why is that? Because number one, it pulls you out of your head, grounds you, and makes you simple. Number two, it's your driving force. And behind everything you're driven to do, you're always looking, what can I do that will make me feel taken care of? And I know people, I know a guy who built as an entire airport, huge airport, that was named after him. And we had this conversation. He read my book, Fats and Heal, Fats and Kill, the last chapter. He said there was, there was something I was reading between the lines and I wanted to know what it was you were, that, that was there between the lines. Now, I didn't know there was something between the lines. So we had this conversation. I said to him, let me tell you how it goes. You spent 20 years building this airport or 10 years building this airport. And then when it was done, you had about three days where you went, yeah, 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 I did it. And then the fourth day you felt depressed. He said, well, I wouldn't call it depressed but I would call it let down. Well, you said that. Yeah, no, it's semantic difference. Yeah. And then I said, let me guess what happened then. You said, well, either I didn't think big enough 
or I, I picked the wrong goal. And so you created the next goal and you went, had the hope that when I accomplish what I set out to do this time, then I'll feel okay again. You said, that's exactly how I live my life. And I'm saying that the mistake is that there's nothing you can do on the outside that will reconnect you to the disconnection on the inside. The two different separate things. One is come home. And I think that was called seek first the kingdom, right? That's where you go because the kingdom of heaven is within you, right? Yeah. So first seek the kingdom. And when you feel whole, then in your pretty good position, because it's not about you anymore. Oh my God, it's not about me anymore. It's not anymore like, what can I do that'll get me taken care of? No, I'm taken care of. If I don't feel taken care of, I know where to go because the feeling yeah. of taken care of is always there inside. And then I can look around and say, okay, there's nothing left to do except help or do what needs to be done. Or where's, what's the biggest splash for good I can make in the time that I have on earth? It completely changes. Before that, it was always, I wouldn't do things that needed to be done because I couldn't see how they would take care of me. Right. Because the biggest push in a human being is to feel cared for. That is the biggest driving force in every human being. But we don't know that because nobody's told us that this is just the, your heart calling you home to do your homework, yeah. to, to jump into your kingdom, you know, the, <laughs> right? To jump into the yeah, kingdom yeah. Yeah. so that you feel whole and then you can live wholeness into the world. And you know what? Mm -hmm. in that, out of that wholeness, nobody makes war. Nobody starts a war. Nobody, nobody does violence when they feel con in, a, in moments of contentment. You always have to feel discontent to do violence, to do, to do, be destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So literally the, the cure for the world is all the craziness that's going on. The cure for the world is come home to the kingdom within you, feel taken care of. In the midst of all that craziness, you're completely taken care of and then live taken care of into the world and you will transform the world. And you will at least be in, you, you may not, you, do, you can't force anybody to go there, but you can at least be an influence in that direction, wherever you go, whoever you talk to, whatever is going on. Cool. So if I, what I hear you saying is it's almost like reversing the whole process in, in what way? So many, like, well, and, and I think the way mo most of us live our lives is, you know, trying to find fulfillment and things that are outside of us, thinking that they're going to be fulfilling. You're never going to have start from the place of it's never going to happen. Right, start from the place of being, start from the place of being okay. Start yeah. from the place of knowing that fulfillment is, is, is within you, that you're accepted, that you're okay yeah. and go from that place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but also, you, you, number one, you won't find fulfillment in doing because fulfillment is a state of being. So you have to stop doing to get into the state of being, right? right. The being begins where the doing stops and the doing. And, and that's the hardest it. part for many of us, isn't it? Yeah, because we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we, we were okay. We were really good at it in the womb, but we've become addicted to doing. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's one part of it. the second thing is 
you, we're looking, what we're looking for out there, we're looking in the wrong place. It's like saying, you know, I have a million dollars in my right pocket and I've only got lint in my left pocket. <laughs> and I'm looking for my money and I only put my money, my hand in my left pocket. And I say, well, I don't have any money. I got to go on welfare. Oh my God, I don't have any money, only lint in my pocket. It's because I'm looking not where the money is. And so I'm not going to find the money. That's what we are doing is when we're looking for it on the outside, but in fact, it's on the inside. We will not find it on the outside because it's on the inside. That's why, that's why the focus has to come back inside into the space the body occupies. And in that, that space is the energy that is unconditional, empowering love. It's also called light. It's also called Christ. It's also called Buddha. And it's also called solar energy. But our life energy is solar energy. And that's a whole other show to, to, to do that derivation, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so, so, you know, it's, uh, everything's like that. If you're looking for your home, you're, you know, for your front door in your, in your neighbor's house, you're not going to find your front door, right? Yeah. You know, right. if you're looking for America in Asia, you're not going to find it. <laughs> you know, if you're going to look, yeah. if you look for water in the sand, in sand, in dry sand, you're not going to find water. So you have to look for the things you want in the places where those things actually are. And in a way, it's like that's so common sense. Yeah. But we're so, we, we're so not thoughtful about what we're doing. That we live in. in describe describe that looking. Like, what does it look like for you? Like, how do you, how do, you do that practically? Do you know what I mean? The looking? Yes. <laughs> well, in a, in a way, it's misleading even to say that. Okay. Because, because what you do is, you know, well, no, let's do it this way. Your senses, your senses monitor energy. So your eyes monitor visual en energy, color, shape, movement. Your ears monitor sound energy, silence, sound, timbre, pitch. All of that stuff. Your body and your skin monitor of ceiling, pressure, pull, push, pain, like that, right? And your tongue monitors taste, which are also energy on the basis of shapes and molecules and pits in the tongue, right? Well, what if the, and, and we always, we're really good at monitoring the outside world with our senses. And we had to learn that because in our mother's body, we were not capable of doing that because we never had to do it. So now we've done it every day out there, out there, out there, look at that and listen to that. And oh yeah, that feels nice. And right. So we're doing that all the time, right? Those same senses that monitor energy. If you bring them inside, they will monitor the light inside of you. There's light in your darkness. There is sound in your silence. There's love in your emptiness. And there's sweetness in the blandness of your mouth. That's a way to monitor the energy of life within you in the space your body occupies. That's very helpful. 
one of the ways you can do that, you know, in, in, in just about every stillness practice, you know, close your eyes in a safe place because you don't want to be, you don't want to have to deal with emergencies. So you make a safe space, you go in the place, you close your eyes, and then see how still you can become. And then see how deep you can go into that stillness. And see how long you can stay there. And while you're doing in that stillness, Breathe slowly and lightly. And while you're doing all that, just sense what's in that space. And do that every day. You know, give it as much time as you give your bathroom or your, or your breakfast. But this is an important part of living. Yes. And that, that is mostly neglected. And yet is the place where the greatest quality of life is fun. You could have no money and still be unbelievably content. Excellent. And there's that, and there's that, hundreds that, of different ways. People do use mantras for that and people oh, use, sure. use walking, certain walking, slow walking and being yeah. just try to be very conscious of their movements. Some people use music for that, certain kinds of music for that. Some people yeah. playing is their meditation playing music, exactly. you know, and some people, sports is their meditation. They get into a zone, Yeah, you know, and, and then they talk about when I was in the zone, oh my God, it was effortless. You know, they're running like hell. They don't look like it's effort, effortless, but it feels effortless to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. I, I, my, my approach to it has been, I, I know that different people have different sort of love languages in a way. I mean, I like getting outside into nature. Yep. That's the place where I get in touch with the, with the kingdom, like we're talking about. Yeah, because um, the my, place is my so wife, right. my, yep. yeah, yeah. Getting, just getting in touch with nature, it's yep. a whole other different pace, right? Yeah. My wife, on the other hand, she likes taking a bath. So she's sometimes she'll oh, yeah. take two or three baths a day. That's her, Perfect. That's her yeah. connect, connecting Absolutely. place, right? I, yeah. yeah, of course, when you're floating in the, in the water, it's like being in the womb again. Yeah. yeah. And I would imagine there's some people that that place for them is like working on their car or, yep. to, you know, whatever. But wherever you connect, I think, is the yeah. Is and the Yeah, and the issue mind. for me when people say, how do you do that? Well, first of all, yes. it's not a doing. Everybody yes. wants to know how to do that when actually yeah. it's, you, you need to undo to, yeah. to get to yes, being, yes. right? So that's, to that's being, one yeah. part. But the, 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 how do you do that? It's like. I was just going to say something. I forgot. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might about, remember. about this was yeah. I was, I was just, I was out in nature. I felt led to be as still as the tree behind yeah. me. Yeah. And so I did, I just, I just calmed myself down and I just tried to be really still. And this is actually quite a regular practice mm -hmm. for me, but man, it, 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 I've never really had an experience like this since, but. It's, I just had this experience of, of oneness, which wasn't something I had even thought of. I know it's kind of, yeah. a, I know it's kind of an esoteric thing, but I just had this sense that everything was connected, you yeah. know? And then when I got back out to the trail, I just heard the voice or the verse, be still and know that I am God. And I almost fell over. It yeah, was like, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I 100% know. Yeah. So, and the issue, um, so the, it, it wasn't. 
it was being done to me. It wasn't something that I, 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 I know I did some things, but I just well, kind of, whatever I did helped me get in the way of grace or whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even say <laughs> that you did it or it was done to you. You actually yeah. just tuned into what's always there. Mm -hmm. yes, peace yes, is everywhere. Great. You yes, know, peace is right. always everywhere. Even in the yeah. war. Right. Take, the war takes place in perfect peace. But the sure. focus of the warriors is in, I'm going to, you're my enemy, I'm going to kill you. You're the, my enemy, I'm going to kill you. So, but it's actually taking place in perfect peace. So the thing I, I was like going to say. So it's a matter of tuning into it, right? Yeah, yeah where, go yeah, ahead. Where's the focus go? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. The thing I was going to say, it's like when people say, how do I do that? It's not so important how you do it, but that you do it. Yes. And it's not so important. And, it, and what makes it important that you do it is that your heart aches, is that you really want it. It's like the intensity of the desire for fulfillment is what will take you to fulfillment. So how well, how, how badly do you want it? How strongly do you want it? How do you, how, how much do you want that peace and that unconditional love in your life on a day-to-day -day basis? That's what, a, what's going to determine what you pay attention to and how you get closer to that within your own being. Excellent. Good. Well, thank you. you know, that was some really enlightening stuff and i appreciate what you're, you're telling us your story and, and and your your wisdom and your knowledge as far as health is concerned and then also this discussion on that thirst of the heart I, I really really appreciate it you've got a bunch of different ways for people to get in touch with you yeah what's the, what's the main i will share all of these in the show notes but yeah. what's the main one that we can tell people if they're listening in their car or whatever what's what? the main way for if they're talking about oils and as well as probiotics and enzymes, I work with digestion as well because that's a big health area that's that's quite a lot neglected. If they want to do that, udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S-choice.com is the website that talks about all that. And then for the other stuff, some of it's psychology and some of it is spirituality and some of it is human nature basically is what all of it is. They go to udoerasmus.com. Okay. Great. And I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and I, I got a YouTube channel. So I know how to find. Right. We'll, yeah. we'll list all of these things. Just prior to getting on, I saw a video that you posted on, I think it was on LinkedIn actually, just, just recently. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Great. Great. So yeah. Udoschoice.com for the health stuff and udoerasmus.com for some of the more, I guess you could say esoteric things. Uh, you, you could say esoteric. I, I, I just call it human nature because it's not really esoteric, it's foundation. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you, Rod.